seconds, and uh, we go to the telephones. Bruce Dorman, he joins us. Bruce, how are you, my friend? Okay, thanks for having me back. Yes. Now, uh, I've got you, my friend. You are absolutely amazing. Bruce Dormany with us today here on our program. Now, uh, now, Bruce, uh, for folks that haven't heard you on the program before, um, give us a little bit on your background, my friend. Okay, I'm a science journalist and author of a book on extrasolar planets, Distant Wanderers, a Search for Planets Beyond the Solar System. And I'm a Forbes.com contributor for the past six and a half years. Fantastic. Now, um, tell us about your latest article, because uh, it's creating quite the stir out there, my friend. Um, the, <clears throat> you mean the, the uh, Insight uh, article, or... Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Your, 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 okay, your, your latest article, my friend. Give, give us the details on this. Okay, well, let's, you know, let's just talk about the NASA InSight mission uh, for a minute. Uh, had a had a great, uh, successful landing. Its uh, solar panels have successfully deployed, and uh, it's about to start taking pictures of of the area in which it landed to make a 3D map of the best place to, to deploy its uh, subsurface probe, uh, which is a German-built mole that uh, will kind of self-hammer below the Martian subsurface down to a depth of about 16 feet. Um, and then from there, over the next two years, the InSight mission will uh, take measurements of the thermal heat flux coming from Mars's deep interior. And um, then a subsurface-based, a surface-based uh, seismometer. And although they don't expect to find very many because Mars is not thought to be tectonically active. Uh, they think there could be as many as two dozen uh, found by the end of the mission, the nominal two-year mission. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's the seventh successful Mars landing that NASA has made, and so they're, they're pretty happy about it. Well, I'll tell you, the uh, uh, space exploration uh, seems to be a, a big hot topic uh, nowadays. Uh, so, so they've made a lot of these 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 touchdowns. Um, what, what what can we learn from any of this? Well, um, there. This is the first time that NASA. Actually, well, it's not the, the first time. It's the second, uh, the third effort that they will have made to take uh, data on the geodynamics of Mars, the geophysics of Mars from the surface. The, Mar the Viking 1 and 2 landers attempted to do so in the 70s, but they were not mounted. They were not surface sensors. They were mounted on the spacecraft. And the first one didn't work at all. The second one had some uh, interference from Mars wind. There's not a lot of atmosphere only a 2% atmosphere. So the wind uh, uh, doesn't have the impact it does on Earth, but it did interfere with the Mars uh, uh, Viking measurements back in the 70s. So InSight will have a much cleaner, less noisy reading of, of Mars's tectonic activity. And um, the scientists don't expect Mars to, to have any Mars quakes larger than six. Uh, that's because, uh, like I said, Mars doesn't have plate tectonics 
like Earth, Earth does. Plate tectonics is simply the, the Earth, the, the Earth's lithosphere is uh, divided up into these plates that literally float on the mantle, and that's what they they crash into each other, and that's what causes the volcanism and the earthquakes that we all experience here. Wow! And Mars. As it, it's not believed that Mars ever had such a uh, such plate tectonics. If it did, it was rel- relatively short-lived. Uh, Mars does have tectonic, has had tectonic activity, and may still have some tectonic activity. But uh, the scientists just don't know uh, how much activity it does have. And uh, the bottom line is why, on why that's important. It's important for knowing when the what the global magnetic field at one time that may have helped protect it from the ravages of the the solar wind, which, as we know from the Maven, the NASA's Maven spacecraft, kind of stripped the Martian atmosphere pretty quickly, and so the magnetic field is is what keeps us safe from galactic cosmic rays and solar. Uh, protons, and uh, so we just solar-charged particles, and so we, um, uh, you know, basically are here by the grace of our thermally active uh, deep interior and the magnetic field that we, that protects us from these charged particles, otherwise our, the solar wind and the galactic cosmic rays would do us great harm. And Mars, uh, we just don't know. It's a mystery as to, you know, whether it had a global magnetic field and for how long. And this insight will help us determine that. And yes. that could be the key to determining whether, whether there's, uh, you know, Mars ever had subsurface life at least. Um, so the, uh, go ahead. No, we've got uh, Bruce Dormany with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast, coast to coast, and border to border. Now, um, what's next in uh, some of this real geophysics research for Mars? Well, the hope is that you know, if this if this mission is successful, that we can return, you know, repeatedly uh, to different spots around the surface of Mars, and Develop a network of these uh, geosensors, uh, seism- uh, the seismometers and the heat probes, and get a much better idea of what's going on in the deep interior. And that way, you'd be able to triangulate if there were Mars quakes. Yes, you'd be able to triangulate them and learn a lot more. Uh, we have we have experience with this on the moon uh, with several of the Apollo missions. Uh, the astronauts actually emplaced seismometers across the surface of the moon. Uh, but the moon is, a, is much smaller than Mars, and it's tectonically, pretty much tectonically dead. Every once in a while you hear about, uh, you know, some amateur astronomers think they might have seen some outgassing uh, from the surface, and that's kind of a hot-button topic. Uh, I've actually covered that, and that's interesting. But basically the moon is... is, is uh, it's pretty dead uh, in its interior, and Mars is much more like Earth, they think. Uh, it's smaller than Earth, um, 
I, I think we talked off air. I was going to mention Venus would be yes. a really interesting place to go. But the problem with Venus is uh, the, the longest probe that's actually been able to take data from the surface has been for 127 minutes. That was a Soviet Venera lander. And the problem is uh, uh, the instruments with the technology that we have are just cannot sustain the uh, harsh environment there long enough to actually look for any Venus quakes if there are any. But Venus is much more the size of Earth than Mars, and it's much more of a of a of a uh, it could have been an Earth-like analog in, in its in, a, in its distant distant past. So there you go. There you go. We've got uh, Bruce Dormany with us today. He joins us live in our broadcast. Now, now, Bruce, how do we read your articles, uh, be involved with you, social media, websites, everything? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Forbes.com, uh, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the science page, innovation page. Uh, you can find my, my stuff. Uh, you can always look me up on my public Facebook, uh, Google+, Plus, uh, Twitter, uh, B. Dormany. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if we talked about this, but I was going to mention my trip to South Korea. Oh, uh, do we have time yes. to talk about that? Yes. Uh, I, I understand uh, you, you, you recently were over there. Give us some details on this trip. Well, anyway, it was just kind of interesting because I, everybody, you know, we know Samsung and all the major tech companies, and we know that uh, South Korea is really booming tech-wise, and it really is. The last time I was there was 20 years ago to cover the the Seoul Air Show uh, back uh, when I was in Hong Kong years ago, and uh, I just found that the that Seoul had, com had completely changed. It turned into a you know a very hip happening place, uh, fashion wise and arts wise and culturally. Uh, but the thing that fascinated me was that the um, South that the uh, Koreans way back in the day. Uh, one of their ancient dynasties actually built the uh, quote unquote the first astronomical observatory dating from the latter half of the seventh century. And I happened to go down there. It's a World Heritage Site and it's a crude looking thing. Uh, it's interesting. You'll have to look for my article on, on Forbes to get a look at it. But it's, it's a cylindrical, uh, I think it's about nine meters high maybe a bit more than that but it's pretty impressive when you look it up look at it up close and basically they they use it as a platform to look for comets and so-called exploding guest stars supernovae and what i found interesting is that that the uh the koreans were active in astronomy in a in a much bigger way than is generally appreciated in the west and i guess the takeaway the long and short for me was, you know, we know what's happening on the on the Korean Peninsula uh, was a crest between what you see on television in the north of or what's going on in North Korea and what's what's happening in the south, and it's just you know there could not be a bigger contrast yes. in how the South Koreans have you know have taken their resources, they are investing in science. They're investing in our wide range. They're doing everything that great cultures do, 
to make themselves, you know, part of the world community. And here we have this isolate, you know, literally 40 miles to the north, you have an isolate of Seoul, a, a city of 10 million people. You have this isolated dictator who has done nothing but, you know, starve his people and hasn't contributed to the global society in any way, shape, or form. And we are, and it's just, you know, it's just, you know, stark contrast. Yes, and, yes. Uh, well, well, there you go. I mean, that's why. That's why. It's it's just a shame that it's it, you know it's such a mystery uh, for the for these for the uh, Korean Peninsula. So I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but you know, let's hope it doesn't come to conflict. Yes, yes. Well, Bruce, uh, we've run out of time, my friend, but I appreciate you making time for us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to being back. Thank you. Definitely. Merry Christmas, my friend. There goes Bruce Domani, and we're going to take a time out. We've got one more guest to wrap things up. Mm -hmm.